0: Thanks for tuning in to Start With Scripture, a Hesed Heart podcast. I'm your host, Audrey Grove, here to bring you biblical application and meditation to help your life be both informed and transformed by God's Word. Learn more at HesedHeart.com. Hello, my friends. I'm so excited to dive into this kind of part two episode of this story that illustrates how God cares for us and how he speaks to us. As I shared in the last episode, this this story is near and dear to my heart. This story is so beautiful. And I was so thankful and blessed to be able to share about it at a mini retreat and to see the amount of impact that this story had on these hearts, the, the both the truth and the action steps that come from this story was really, really beautiful. If you have not listened to the last episode, I would encourage you to do so, but it's not required. As a little recap, we, we saw Elijah totally exhausted and the Lord, he never left him. But he actually met him there and he cared for Elijah. Elijah who just ticked off all of the most influential people. (laughs) And they were all coming after him, threatening him. And God met him there. He met him there to care for his physical needs. His need for rest, his need for sleep when Elijah was at his breaking point his need for food and nourishment to keep him going. And what a beautiful reminder that God cares for us when we are at our worst, when we are at our breaking point, when we are exhausted and burning out. God cares for us even in that moment. And the beautiful reminder we saw too that even strong people, even people who are doing God's work, sometimes get to that point of running on fumes, running on empty. And so when we are healing from that burnout, when we're longing to hear God's voice, maybe we're confused about a next step and we want clarity because that's where Elijah was at. Right? He was burnt out. He was done. And he did not know the next step. What do we do? Let's dive into this story and see what we find. We are in 1 Kings chapter 19. And we're going to go ahead and start in verse 7, which we heard uh, in the last episode. And the angel of the Lord came again a second time and touched him, that's Elijah, and said, Arise and eat, for the journey is too great for you. And he arose and ate and drank and went in the strength of that food 40 days and 40 nights to Horeb, the mount of God. So we see here that God is, you know, inviting him. To meet with him. He's caring for his needs and he is inviting him to rely on the Lord because he says, honestly, the journey is too great for you. And people say that you never get more than you can handle, but we know biblically that that is just not true. Sometimes God uses circumstances that are too big for us to humble us, to get our attention. So we rely on God or so it is his strength and his power that is seen and witnessed instead of ours. And so Elijah is on his way to this mountain, continuing on. There he came to a cave and lodged in it. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him. And he said, what are you doing here, Elijah? He, Elijah, said, I have been very jealous for the Lord, the God of hosts. For the people of Israel have forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. And I, even I only, am left. And they seek my life to take it away. That is such an honest pouring out before the Lord. And I love that God invites him and he says, What are you doing here? Why are you here? And Elijah is able to pour his heart out and tell him all of the struggles he's facing, that he feels so alone, that people are seeking to kill him, that he is the only one left, that all the others have turned away. And what does God say? And he said, Go out and stand on the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by. And a great and strong wind tore the mountains and broke in pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, the sound of a low whisper or some translations put it, a still, small voice. And when Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. And behold, there a voice came to him. It's so beautiful that God asks Elijah to go and wait for him because he's going to come right by. And God, you know, sends this wind, but he's not in it. This earthquake, this fire, but he's not in it. He's not in these big signs, these big things going on. These big earth-shattering, earth-shaking events. No, God was in the stillness. God was in the quiet. And that is when he chose to speak to Elijah. If you put yourself in Elijah's shoes, you're just wanting to hear from the Lord. You're wanting to talk to him. You're at your end of your energy. End of your rope. You're ready just to give up and give in. You're fed up. You're exhausted. You're tired. And here the Lord tells you to wait for him. And as we talked about a couple episodes ago, waiting is a choice. And Elijah chose to wait through the wind. I can't imagine how terrifying that was being on top of a mountain and having this crazy wind and like the rocks being thrown around you. Insane. So he chose to wait through the wind. God's not there. He chose to wait through the earthquake. Again, can you imagine how scary that must have been waiting in this cave? The fire outside the cave? And yet Elijah chose to wait for the Lord. And in that waiting, God met him in stillness. And what did God meet him with? And behold, there came a voice to him and said, What are you doing here, Elijah? God asks the same question. And he, Elijah, said, I've been very jealous for the Lord, the God of hosts, for the people of Israel have forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword, and I, even I only, am left, and they seek my life to take it away. And again, Elijah pours his heart out to the Lord, saying the exact same thing. Now, I don't know about you, but if I were in that situation and God asked me to wait through all of these crazy calamities, all of these things going on around me that seemed scary or difficult or challenging, and I'm waiting for him and I'm not hearing his voice, I would be frustrated. And then he comes back and he asks me the same question. But not Elijah. Elijah chose to wait, and again he poured his heart out to God. He gave him his problems. And how does God respond this time? And the Lord said to him, Go, return on your way to the wilderness of Damascus, and when you arrive, you shall anoint Hazael to be king over Syria. And he goes on to give more clarity about the actions that he wants Elijah to take. So when Elijah is burnt out, exhausted, confused, God asked him to wait. God met him in stillness. And from that stillness and that waiting, God answered him and gave him clarity. So not only did we see that God cares about Elijah's physical state, But he cares about meeting with him as well. And at the mini retreat, a a client said that God already knew everything. God didn't need to wait (laughs) for Elijah to pour out his heart because he already knew. God already had the clarity. He knows everything. So we know that this story is not about the end result, but about the process. The process of waiting for the Lord and hearing his voice in stillness. Two things that are very, very hard for us to do today. Why? Because stillness goes against everything that our culture kind of is right now. Our culture is very busy. Our culture applauds not only doing a bunch of things, always having the next thing to do on your to-do list, but our culture is always very involved in our phones, in our media, in our TV, in our streaming of music or whatever it is. There's always something going on around us. And stillness is very countercultural. Stillness is also really hard. Because when you're still, you are forced to confront yourself. You're forced to confront the hard feelings. The hard thoughts that you're having about yourself, about your life. You're forced to confront any discouragement any doubt, any guilt, any shame, any anxiety, you're forced to confront that during stillness. And I really believe we're forced to confront that while we're waiting on God. But we see clearly here that even though all these crazy things can be happening around us, God sometimes chooses to speak through stillness. Yes, God can use other means to speak. Of course he can. But very often he chooses to speak through stillness. So let me ask you this in your life as you're looking at how you spent your time in the last seven days, just the last week, how much time did you have for stillness? That means zero phone. That means not having a conversation. That means not doing work, not even housework or chores, but just stillness. I would like to say today that I do believe that God is inviting you to invest in more stillness. Whatever that answer was for you, I believe that God is inviting you to come to him, his presence, to really rest in him in that stillness more and more in a new way. And I also want to say that stillness doesn't have to look the same for everyone. Some people find stillness when they're making a beautiful painting. Some people find stillness when they're meditating on God's word. Some people find that stillness when they're going on a walk outside without any music in their ears. Some people need that soft instrumental music going on in order to focus. They need to fidget with something in their hands. So please know that stillness doesn't have to look the same for every person. And stillness is built slowly over time. So if even five minutes of stillness sounds completely overwhelming, that's okay. Maybe for you it's 20 minutes. Maybe for you it's 30 minutes, an hour, two hours that sounds overwhelming to you. That's okay because stillness like a muscle is built slowly with slow and steady growth. And that means that you can start exactly where you are today. So when you're feeling overwhelmed by all the stuff going on in your mind, When you're feeling confused on where to go or what is next. When you're having those really hard feelings that you would rather shove down or numb out or avoid. I'd invite you to find even just a minute of stillness. Even just a minute. And this is intentional stillness. Not just shutting stuff off and sitting there, although that can be beneficial. But intentional stillness of meeting with God in that moment. Of just being with him. Not having to say stuff. Not just giving him all your prayers. Prayer is valuable and important. But prayer is not just stillness. And prayer is not just a one-sided conversation. There is listening prayer as well. Coming to the Lord wherever you're at right now and being willing to do the hard thing, the thing that is so opposite of our norm, opposite of our culture, opposite of what people think is good for you, (laughs) and coming and sitting before the Lord and being in his presence and resting in stillness. I shared this at the mini retreat as well that Sometimes it's like our brain is your computer with a bunch of tabs open, right? Every time you're having a conversation or or this thought or watching a video or whatever it is, you've got all these tabs open. And of course, just like your computer, when you have a ton of tabs open, your computer runs slow and it is the same for us. When we have too much going on in our brain that has not been resolved, that it's all just floating around there. It affects us emotionally and mentally and and even physically. And stillness can be so beneficial for freeing up that mental focus, that mental processing. And there's even studies to show that stillness helps with stress. So how are you going to invest in stillness today? I would challenge you, do it today. Find a way to find even just a minute of stillness in your day-to-day to to intentionally sit in the Lord's presence. To intentionally go with Him and not add to the overwhelm, not add to the confusion, but sit in His presence for rest, for peace, and for clarity. And that means even waiting on Him when there's all sorts of distractions going on around you. All sorts of things that are causing you, that, that could cause you to give up on stillness. Elijah could have given up after the wind. Elijah could have given up after the earthquake, after the fire, but he didn't. He waited for God. Elijah could have got distracted by all of those things and given up on that time with God. And he may not have gotten the clarity he was seeking, what he needed, but he waited through it all amidst distraction, amidst overwhelm. I can only imagine the chaos. <laughs> He waited for God and he waited for him and God met him in that stillness. So how are you going to invest in that stillness today? Even just a minute of intentional stillness, turning off your phone and just sitting with God, allowing your brain time to process, allowing your heart time to hear from the Lord. How are you going to invest in that stillness? Because that stillness is so beautiful. And the thing that I love about this verse is that not only does God care for us, but he invites us to meet with him. Us, what did we do to deserve that? Absolutely nothing. But because of Christ, we are children of God. And God invites us to be with him because he values you. He loves you. And that is such a beautiful thing. He cares for you and he invites you to be with him. Even when you're exhausted, even when you don't know how you can go on, even when there's all of these overwhelming distractions around you, God still has that invitation for you and that care for you. And even when you don't feel it, we know and we can trust that God is working because he is way bigger than our feelings. (laughs) He is way bigger than what we can see. Invest in that stillness today and remember how God cares for you and how he invites you to meet with him. Thanks for being here today, my friends. I will catch you in our next episode. Stillness is one of the tools and disciplines that I work on with my coaching clients because it is such a valuable way for us to grow with Christ. And just like Elijah, to get the provision we need to be able to step out and live our kingdom calling, your kingdom calling so if you are looking for a little bit of guidance a little bit of help with tools like stillness how to implement it in your life how to customize it for you and how to really go deeper in growth with christ so that you can glow even brighter in your kingdom calling definitely check out the 90-day coaching program. It's called Grow and Glow, and we work through tools like this. We combine heart work with movement to be able to process, be able to go deeper with Christ, and be able to get that rest and clarity on a regular basis that you and your body are just craving. So check out the link in the show notes. It's hesedheart.com slash grow, and I would love to chat with you all about it.